Great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you and your wallet. I want you to learn ideas to me so you can save more and spend less. And don't let anyone ever rip you off. You can follow me at facebook.com slash Clark Howard. Coming up in just a few minutes, instead of a Clark Rage today, I want to talk a sizzling deal. There is a window of opportunity for you to take a cheaper vacation for yourself, or if you have a family, to take a cheaper family vacation. I'm going to tell you how it works, why the calendar is so important two times a year for you to save money. And later, I want to talk about how 23andMe has new information available that if you take their full medical test, you will have more data on illnesses, cancer risks that you may face later in life, information you may or may not be able to handle. So I want to talk right now about the um, controversy going on in Washington about uh, taxes, what are called tariffs, on steel and aluminum. It has been a big story in the financial markets all over the world and obviously a big story politically in Washington. Now, I will tell you, hearing a perspective from me about tariffs is not a fair game because I unalterably am an ardent free trader, something that is not very popular right now in the United States. But I have always believed that companies and countries should produce what they are best at, what they are able to do most efficiently. And so the president has proposed these tariffs on steel and aluminum, not because people have been playing unfair with us, but because we have not been efficient in the manufacture, American companies building manufacturing steel and aluminum in the United States have not been as efficient as companies have been in other countries around the world. We have not done a good job at it. There are other things that we do exceedingly well. Think of all the industries in which we excel as a country. How about aircraft? We are the world's preeminent manufacturer of aircraft and that is a massive market. Automobiles, where we thought we were weaklings, we continue to be fantastic manufacturers of automobiles. Agriculture, we produce food with an efficiency in the United States that is marveled at in much of the world. And industry after industry, of course, anything to do with IT, computers, um, the internet, we are unchallenged in the world for what we've done the most valuable companies in the world if you think about who they are apple google's parent alphabet facebook these companies all american companies so the danger when you say well we're not good at something so we're going to punish other people that are good at it is you don't know how they're going to respond. Plus, the cost of so many things will go up 
because of these taxes. Uh, the president has spoken in strong terms about putting in these taxes, and we'll see if that is softened as it is implemented over time. But the controversy about it is one that uh, divides a lot of people in the country. We tend to get divided pretty easily in the United States right now. And a lot of the arguments made in the United States are not based on fact anymore. They're based on emotion or half-truths, and that's an unfortunate thing. But to me, the greatest danger of this is not what's been reported on so much, which is the additional cost you and I are going to have on various goods we buy, because that goes without saying anytime you impose tariffs. But the danger is that people in the world that are our friends are more likely to become our adversaries as we start to put up uh, roadblocks to them selling things to us under free trade. And I know there are people in the United States who look at the problems we've had with employment in the U.S. from a prism of trade and that it's because other people sell us stuff. But what's overlooked with that is how much stuff we sell other people. And so that is uh, why economics is the dismal science because it is not they win so we lose. That's not really what happens. But what does happen is that the most efficient provider for each product or service eventually emerges. Why is it that Sears is a failed retailer? I know they still have some stores open. Uh, Toys R Us in bankruptcy. Why are these people failing? Because others in retail provide a more efficient environment. Amazon came out of nowhere to be a threat to many people in many industries, not just retail. And people either adapt to the competitive threat Amazon offers or they go extinct. That's the way business works, is that the innovative company, the one that figures out how to provide what you and I want, the company that gets the combination right of quality and price and service, they're the ones that emerge victorious. And that's how things should work because it creates efficiency that ultimately creates more wealth. So this is not going to go the way a free trader like me believes. But from my perspective, that's where this thing sits is that we ultimately overall end up better off and with more national wealth when we do trade in a free trade environment and when you start to choose i'm going to protect this one but not that one and protect this other one it distorts an economy and ultimately makes us poorer and if you want to state that you feel that i am completely crazy and i'm out of my mind that's why we have clark stinks for you you can go post on clark stinks at clark.com and let me know tim is with us on the clark howard show hello tim how you doing great sir great 
Well, it's great to have you here. Tim, you have a teenage daughter too, huh? Yes, I do, and she's reached that impeccable age of driver's license. Uh-oh. Oh, so she's been saving up for some time to buy a car, which it'll probably be another year. Um, and we were just wondering, is this something, of course, she'll buy something used. Is this something she should spend as much as she's able on, or do you think there'd be like a good cutoff level as far as money's went is just being the first car, you know, new driver, that sort of thing? So uh, as long as a car has the safety features you want it to have, I think spend as little as possible because the big problem with a young driver is how phenomenally expensive the insurance is. Right. It wouldn't be unusual right. for the insurance to cost more per year than the car she might buy as a very low-cost automobile. That's a stunning that thing sense. for me to say, isn't it, Tim? You know, we, we knew that was coming. I, I just, you know, <laughs> when you hear the words. It, uh, you know, this, uh, this thing with the auto insurance for a new teen driver has become such a problem that teens in very large numbers are no longer getting a license as a mid-teen waiting till 18 or older for economic reasons. I can see that. I noticed that I don't see near as many kids driving today as when, when I, and I'm in my 50s, when I first started driving, you know, 40 years ago. Everybody, when you turned 15, 16, you were down at that DMV. And uh, less and less now. Yeah, and I think that of 18-year-olds now, more than a third don't have a driver's license anymore. Wow. Because the the cost of auto insurance has become so prohibitive. And I know this is weird, but for the driving pattern of most teenagers, it is generally cheaper if you live in an area with Uber and Lyft for a teen to get around in Uber and Lyft than to actually own and operate their own automobile because of wow. the insurance side of it. Now, that's interesting. So you may find that with your insurer, and I would call and, and get an estimate. It wouldn't be an exact quote because your teen is 15, but call and get an estimate about what insurance would the additional insurance cost of her being an additional household driver versus her operating her own vehicle. Okay, that's a good idea. And you you may find that her owning and operating her own wheels may be cost prohibitive on the auto insurance side. Oh, okay. I guess if it came down to it, we could just I mean, we could put it in my name, and we'd just have to be a two-car family. Um, I was going to check into all that once we got around. I just kind of... I would go ahead. I would go ahead, since she's already on a glide path of saving money and all that, I would go ahead and talk to your insurer now and find out what the picture is. Okay. Because I can tell you when I have an 18-year-old, and when she turns 16... It, I didn't realize, I should have, I didn't realize how incredibly expensive it was to add her. And it was thousands of dollars a year. Right. 
Right. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, but, you know, we're not that many years away from when we won't drive cars anymore. I know it's weird to think about that, but the cars will completely drive themselves and we're not going to have to worry about any of this. And the cost of insuring a vehicle that uses AI to drive you, even though there will probably be accidents, but a much smaller number, the cost for insurance will go way, 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 way down. And there are some people who the idea of letting a vehicle do all the driving is a little freaky to them, Tim, but... I can't wait till that happens. Yeah, but what's the fun in that? The fun? Well, you can yeah. read, you can watch a movie, you can do whatever. Yeah, but you can't drive. That's Isn't that right. Like a birthright. Yeah, but if people want to drive, they'll still be able to. I compare it to if you go back to when uh, you learned to drive, you learned to drive with a manual transmission, I would guess. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Today, do you think your teenage daughter is ever going to learn how to drive a stick shift? No dice. No way. And we're not far away from where even the idea of learning to drive will no longer exist as a skill. I, I don't believe it. I virtually promise it. Normally at this time, you'd be hearing a Clark Rageous moment, but instead, time for a sizzling deal. I am giving you an early warning of something that will become available probably in the next week to 10 days. How about that? I'm seeing the future. But I want you to know that there is an enormous deal for you if you want to take a vacation to Florida, usually depending on the car rental company, in late March, April, May, and June. This is how it works. Car rental companies, as the peak season in Florida comes to an end, need to get car rentals out of the state of Florida for the low season and get them most any place north in the eastern half of the country. So what they do, and the offers vary from company to company, but the general drill is they rent cars at 5 to $12 a day, and when I say cars, it could be SUVs, minivans, cars, whatever, each company uh, tweaks their offers just a little bit, but generally, you're allowed to rent a car for up to two weeks. The way it works, buy the cheapest one-way airfare you can get into Florida from wherever you live in the eastern half of the country, and you pick up your car rental at the airport, You keep it for up to, again, it could vary by company, but typically 14 days. And then your job is to use it for your vacation, and then you've got to drive back home. So you fly one way, use their car rental for your trip, and then drive it back north. Now, even if they rent you a car at $5 a day, it's saving the car rental company a fortune versus either having to pay a driver to drive it up north or to hire a transfer truck transfer company to transfer vehicles back up north. So you get a great deal and you save the car rental company a great deal of money at the same time. Pretty much all the major car rental companies 
offer these deals. They wait for the first to roll out their offers for the season, and then others follow. And by the way, it works as re- in reverse in the fall, where car rental companies want their vehicles back in Florida, and so they allow you to pick it up up north, drive it to Florida, use it on your vacation, turn it in, and then buy a one-way ticket to fly home. And so you get a much cheaper vacation with the half and half that you fly quickly one way and drive home the other. And once all the deals have been published, we'll put a guide to them on Clark.com so you can take advantage of these cheap, cheap, one-way car rentals to have a cheaper Florida vacation. Great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show where it's about your empowerment with knowledge so you can keep more of what you make. And you can follow me on Facebook at facebook.com slash Clark Howard. So there's a report that came out that shows you what you're likely risk is of getting certain forms of breast cancer that the FDA, after withdrawing approval years ago, has just changed its mind and is allowing 23andMe to give you the actual numbers for certain types of breast cancers, your likelihood, I'm sorry, certain kinds of genes that would indicate your likelihood of getting breast cancer. And it's just one of the areas where risk risk profiles exist that now the information is potentially available to you. In my TV work, I did both the 23andMe test and the Ancestry.com and found out a lot about my ancestors from both. But 23andMe offers a $200 test that there are discounts for from time to time that will not only tell you your ancestry makeup, but will also tell you what risk factors you face genetically. Months ago, I shared with you a report I got that I had to go through two different approval processes where each time they warned me that I might not be able to handle the information on what my risk was of having Alzheimer's. And I shared with you on the air that the test showed that I had a 25% higher chance than average of having Alzheimer's by my 75th birthday and a 51% higher chance of having Alzheimer's by my 85th birthday. So that means that that's something that is a much higher potential in my life than it is for the average person. A lot of people can't handle that kind of information. Not only could I handle it, I'm sharing it with you because I don't, I don't have any sense of privacy necessary about my medical history, my medical future, my, my current medical situation. And so I'm, I'm cool with it. But other people would find out something like that and it would create real anxiety. Same is also true for women who are covered by the new information about enhanced risk for breast cancer. And you might not want to know that stuff. 
but it will now be available. And a question ever-present, once that information is collected, who will have access to it? And that's something as a society, the ability to gather this kind of targeted information is running ahead of medical ethicists and the law on making sure that our information is shared only with us if we choose to have it and who we would choose to have it shared with otherwise. But you think about over time, in my case, I mean, what in the world would I do about the fact that I'm told I have an enhanced risk of Alzheimer's? But with various diseases, like breast cancer and others, there are decisions you can make about diagnostics, maybe more often. There are radical decisions that a handful of people have done, specifically with breast cancer, where they preventatively had breast cancer surgery even when they don't have breast cancer. And that's a pretty extreme thing for someone to do, but there are people who, when they find out genetically they have this highly enhanced risk, they make that decision. So just know that we are on a glide path where we will now have early warning systems available for any of a number of things in medicine. In addition, there's a big push right now that I saw some of at the Consumer Electronics Show two months ago for um, devices that will monitor your health profile in real time. And if something is going wrong with you, that you'll have early warning of that. Uh, think of things like uh, devices that will be able to monitor your blood pressure continuously if you're someone who has a history of high dangerous blood pressure that you'll have the continuous monitoring because the compliance of people using home blood pressure kits where you test your blood pressure routinely almost nobody does it and so having devices that are unobtrusive that would be able to do that is going to be very important to health and the, and i'm just giving one example of all the diagnostics that are going to be available in the future, many that will work with companion apps on your smartphone to send an alert to you and your primary care doctor in the event that there's something being monitored that doesn't look quite right. Now, on the fun side of all this, I just got a list of where I have relatives in the United States that have been willing to be uh, they can be anonymous but to allow a, a, a mix of various people's DNA to see who who has relatives and the number one state that I have relatives in the United States is California far and away number two New York half as many there number three Florida four New Jersey five Illinois six Texas, seven Pennsylvania, eight Maryland, nine Massachusetts, and 10 Washington State. Now, of these states, I have no awareness that I have any relatives till right now in New Jersey, Illinois, Pennsylvania, Maryland, 
Massachusetts, and Washington State. So I have all these cousins I don't know and was not aware of, and that's just among people that have taken a 23andMe test and were willing to say, I mean, California alone, 160 cousins in California who have taken this test and were willing to be known anonymously of relatives and you can actually send out a request hey you want to know my name you know because i'm your relative i'm sure that's a step a lot of people aren't going to take bob is with us on the clark howard show bob then new york is the state where i have the second largest number of relatives do you think you and i are related since you're from new york I don't know. I always thought I had a small family, but maybe it's a little bit bigger than I was thinking. Yeah, well, that was definitely the case for me. So, Bob, how can I serve you today? Well, Clark, I was looking to get a new cell phone, and uh, I was looking around on your website, and I see you had a list of recommended phones for last year, but I'm, I'm assuming that has changed for 2018. So what do you recommend under, say, $200, $250? So there are a lot of phones that are at the 250 figure or lower that are really phones that have been crowd pleasers. But top of the list have been the Moto phones, the Moto E series and the Moto G series. And I don't know if you've seen those phones anywhere. The uh, G5S uh, plus is a five and a half inch screen and is on sale a lot for right around $250. And in addition to that is the E series, which has phones that are a hundred and change in two different screen sizes. Because I currently have an old Moto E and uh, I like it except it's you know, starting to act up a little bit, so I figured I need to replace it. Well, you know, with the with the Moto E series, are you an Amazon Prime member? No, I'm not. Okay. I will tell you that Amazon offers deals on phones that are good across all the networks. So you don't have to buy one phone because you're on Verizon, a different phone because you're on AT&T or T-Mobile or whatever. And if you join Amazon Prime for one month, which I think is $15 for a month, okay. you're then eligible for their special Prime exclusive phone offers. Oh. So now when you say uh, it's available across all the platforms, that's uh, just an unlocked phone then? But not just is it unlocked. Because um, Verizon and Sprint use an obsolete technology called code division multiple access cdma very okay. few phones manufactured in the world will work on their uh two ancient networks so uh, just about any phone you buy will work on at&t and t-mobile but very few phones sold will work on sprint and verizon because of the network choice they made so it's rare to find an unlocked phone that works across all the systems. It has in it basically a radio that'll work on all the cell carriers. And Amazon has made a special effort in this area and sells the new generation uh, Moto G5S 
and the new generation Moto E. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, I live in a rural part of New York State, and, and Verizon's really our best choice as far as coverage-wise, pure holes. So buying buying the Amazon membership for a month, or I'm sure you have a friend who spends all that money for Amazon Prime. <laughs> I might be able to talk them into it. Yeah, so, so you just you just pay them, have them order a phone for you, and just pay them for the phone. Okay, well, excellent, excellent. All right, I wanted to well, make a suggestion I... to you as well. You said you're on Verizon because of where you live in upstate New York. Correct. Well, it's actually not. I, if I, I can't say the name, but it's it's one of the uh, one of the um, non-contract companies that uses Verizon's towers. I should. Say. Okay, that's so funny because I was just going to make that suggestion to you that anybody who's paying Verizon's uh, gigantic rates would benefit at looking at one of the Verizon resellers, like TotalWireless.com. That's actually one that I, when uh, I get a new phone, I was thinking about switching over there because they had some, some pretty good deals. Yeah, so Total Wireless generally is less than half the cost of having Verizon from Verizon. Right, right, right. So, okay. Well, you uh, gave me some great answers and a couple of things that I hadn't even been thinking about. So that's perfect. Well, that's my job. My job is for you to ask one question and me to go off on tangents completely down crazy directions like I just did. Steve is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Steve. Hi, Clark. How are you doing? Great. Thank you, Steve. And I am excited to answer your question because it's one that came up frequently last year, and you were the first person to ask me about this in 2018. Oh, wonderful. Well, that makes me feel good that I, uh, I stepped up and <laughs> got to call you about it. So what is it that you have heard about that you want to run by me? Okay, I've heard on the radio advertisements for a type of fee, monthly fee insurance for like a mortgage insurance to protect my title for my home against people taking out loans against it online. And I wanted to find out if this is a legitimate thing I should look into or completely ignore it. All right. So it's not a scam, but it is uh, a fee that you should not pay or subscribe for. Okay. So what they're doing is they're offering you kind of like credit monitoring for your um, title on your home. Yeah, that's kind of what it sounded like to me. So you should have, when you buy a home, I want you to have something called owner's title insurance, which you do at the time you buy a home and take out a loan for it. And that's a product almost nobody buys but is very valuable because it does provide protection if someone later challenges your um, ownership of your home. Or more importantly, the land the home sits on is usually what's being challenged. What this is talking about is if somebody engages in a sophisticated method of fraud where they are able to uh, cheat the system and make lenders think they own your home, not you, and take out a loan against it. It is a rare occurrence and one that I've had this analyzed by three different real estate lawyers, and their verdict was unanimous that this would not prevent the problem of that rare instance. So I would not spend the money. But I will emphasize, 
that next time you buy a home, Steve, make sure that even if it's not brought up to you, that you ask the question and proceed with buying an owner's title insurance policy, which is the type of title protection that is key and central to home ownership. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time for Ask Clark. That's where you post a question for me at clark.com, and producer Joel asks it for you. What you got, Joel? Clark Don wrote in. He says, I tried your advice about using a service called Trim to reduce my cable bill. I signed up, but I quit because they asked for my bank information, uh, my login, password, and the pin to my account. Uh, the accounts in the sum total of my banking investments and retirement funds they'd have access to. There's no reason to give them this level of access, is there? Oh, boy, what a difficult thing. It depends on how you pay your bills. If you, like I pay a lot of bills that I can by credit card, you could give them the information for a credit card. But if you pay bills where they're debiting your checking account and things like that, in order for them to know what bills you have, what you're paying, and then negotiate lower prices for you, you have to give Trim access to the accounts. And so anything like this is a layer and level of trust that may not feel comfortable for you. But Ask Trim is the actual name of the business. AskTrim.com goes in and negotiates for you lower costs on the bills you have. They take care of it for you. And in order to be able to do what they want to do, you've got to give them that kind of access. And if that freaks you out, then just don't use the service. All right, and Catherine wrote in. She says, oh, or, or use it for th- accounts that you pay by credit card because there's very little risk to you giving access to that, but don't give them access to your checking account. All right, Catherine wrote in. Clark said, I heard uh, something on the radio yesterday about a tax calculator you can use uh, to check and make sure that your employer is calculating your tax deductions, co- deductions correctly. Is that something I need? Okay, so with the new tax law, there's a danger that employers in changing withholding may not be withholding enough and you may end up with an unexpected tax bill next year and that's why you're hearing stuff about checking to make sure with your withholding is correct and so that is the risk a lot of tax software will ultimately be able to help you with that too you're listening to the clark howard show If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast of our show, I'd love it if you'd subscribe. Whatever your favorite podcast app is, we're pretty much there. And whether you love what you hear from me or hate it, take time to write a review. 
It's how we all learn from each other is from those reviews. 